Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where two entitled brothers manage to screw themselves out of $150,000. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. When I was three, my grandparents passed away. They set up a savings account in my name. The account was meant to be accessed by me when I was 21. At that point, it contained just over $300,000. My grandparents left me a letter saying they would like me to share the money fairly with any other Smith-Jones kids, meaning my full siblings. My dad's a Smith and my mom is a Jones. By fairly, they meant they wanted me to assess the situation and judge for myself what was fair. I never did have full siblings, but I have two half-brothers, Mac and Joe Smith, who are my dad and stepmom's kids. Due to the specific wording that my grandparents used, I legally never had to give Mac or Joe any money. However, I see Mac and Joe as my brothers, and since the money came from our grandparents, I felt the fairest thing would be to assign each of us $100,000. That way, we all got an equal-sized lump sum, and I figured that when Mac, the youngest, turned 21 and took his $100,000, we could split any remaining money. When I turned 21, Dad suggested that I buy a house with my 100 k I found a place that I loved, but it was 130 k and I couldn't get a mortgage, so Dad said I should borrow 30 k from the account. I did, figuring I could pay it back before my brothers turned 21, and I have been repaying it. The account should be at 208 k right now, but due to me withdrawing and then repaying the money, it's at 195 k so I still owe 13 k Joe turned 21 recently, and when I was giving him his $100,000, Joe noticed that there was less in the account than there should be. I explained myself and said that I was going to put it all back before Mac, who's now 19, turns 21. Joe told Mac, and both boys said I stole from them and owed them the full 13 k back, plus $3,000 of interest that they felt they would have gotten. And they wanted it all paid by this summer, which gave me less than 6 months to bring the account up to 211 k I said that I'd do it, but over two years as planned. The boys then wrote up a contract to that effect. I went to sign it until I saw that it said that I had six months to pay it all back. I wouldn't sign since we agreed on two years. They said they should figure it out as they were entitled to that money and would be seeking legal advice. Later that day I got an email, clearly written by them, saying that they intend to sue me for the $16,000 plus whatever is currently in the account and additional damages and emotional distress on top of that. At this point in time, I'd given Joe about half of his $100,000 because he wanted it in installments. I responded that, legally, they were never entitled to any of this money, and given their attitudes, I say they've already received an amount that I deem fair. So that $50,000 was all that they were getting. I then got a barrage of texts, calls, and emails yelling at me for going back on our deal. I blocked them. They then took to social media, saying that I was trying to screw them out of their inheritance and rallying our extended family into harassing me over this. And it mostly worked because a lot of people messaged me. However, I got a message from this guy called Chris Smith. Chris said he was 27 and claimed to be my half-brother. I had never met him before, but he sent me photos of him as a kid with our dad, grandparents, and me. He showed me that he also had an account with $150,000 in it and a scan of a letter from our grandparents saying this money was meant to be shared fairly among dad's illegitimate children. Chris also told me we have another half-sibling who's 18. He'd been looking for me for a while, but he only found me when dad shared Joe's post which had me tagged. We checked with a lawyer to make sure, and since Joe and Mac are legitimate, they aren't entitled to anything in Chris's illegitimate kid fund. And since they're my half-siblings, they aren't entitled to anything in my Smith-Jones kid fund either. I sent Joe and Mac a letter formally telling them to back off, stop posting about me online, and enjoy the 50k because that's all they're getting. 
The day they received the letter, Chris got a PM from my dad asking if the boys can have some of Chris's fund. Chris also said no and told dad that we'd met. With Chris's permission, I told Mac and Joe about Chris and our other half-brother. So, it looks like my grandparents, knowing about Chris before they passed, set up two separate funds. One fund for the kids that my dad had with my mother, who was still his wife when they passed, and one for kids born out of my dad's affairs, presumably to make sure that no one tried to screw anyone else out of hurt feelings. I'm getting a lot of heat from this, but I'm holding firm on my decision. Mac and Joe have realized that I won't back down on this, and it sounds like I've caused a schism at their house. Because Joe has his 50k and has no intention of sharing, so Mac is now feeling twice as screwed. Plus, my stepmom apparently didn't know about the other half-siblings or that my half-sister was born after she and my dad got married. And she's made my dad move into a hotel. It sounds like dad is looking for a long-term living arrangement outside of the family house because it looks like she's not letting him move back in. Dad is begging me to reconsider, but honestly, I'm done with all of them except for Chris and my sister. Man, OP, your brothers are freaking morons. You told them you were going to pay them a total of $200,000, and they decide to argue with you over three dollars in interest? Talk about biting the hand that feeds you. All they had to do was do nothing, and they would have been $150,000 richer for it. I agree with you, OP. I think you made the right call in this situation. Your brothers are acting really entitled and toxic. As stated in the will, that money is 100% yours to do with as you please, so I see no problem with your actions here. Our next Reddit post is from Raptor Blues. Chad was an engineer with a planning and support department with a part of his company that impacted virtually every other part of his company. Unfortunately, Chad was a real butthole. In less than a year with the company, he had thoroughly trashed everyone in his department to anyone who would listen. He talked about their incompetence, their minor screw-ups, and most importantly, their failure to properly support the very mission-critical infrastructure they were responsible for. Every hiccup that occurred, however minor, was used as ammunition. All these terrible things Chad was saying eventually made their way up to the managers and directors throughout the company. That wasn't enough, though. Chad made the mistake of trashing his own director, who was also his manager. Over the next few months, there was no one even remotely involved with his department who didn't know what Chad was doing, including that manager. Chad's manager and director was Tim, a pretty sucky manager by most measures. He paid his employees 40% less than the industry average and had a sucky team because of it. But he nevertheless expected absolute dedication from that staff. If he could have had his employees wash his car and pick up his dry cleaning, he would have definitely added that to their job descriptions. Tim was also pretty bad when it came to understanding what his own staff did and routinely made things up about their work while talking to other people. Everyone involved knew he was full of garbage because what he said made no sense at all. Most rolled their eyes, but people also knew that Tim was a force to be reckoned with. Despite his shortcomings as a manager, the one place Tim excelled was corporate politics. He was consistently able to emerge unharmed from situations that would have gotten anyone else fired. Tim would deftly play opponents off of one another, then stand back and watch the fireworks. He had been doing this for years and seemed to have a Teflon coating. Mud that sucked to others would slide right off of him. Tim, of course, knew exactly what Chad had been saying. Eventually, Chad's trashing of his own department became so severe and their reputation so tarnished that a large director meeting was called to discuss the situation. The other department directors were out for blood. Enter Tim's pro-revenge. Tim asked Chad, the very person who spread all this negative gossip with giving a presentation that defended the company against his own gossip. 
Chad had to spend the next couple of weeks creating a formal presentation and repeatedly submitting it to Tim for approval. The meeting rolled around, and Chad was forced to stand up in front of a large group of company directors and managers and formally defend his own manager and department. Everyone at the meeting knew they were only there because of what Chad had been saying, and so they sat back and watched himself tear himself apart and prove himself wrong. Of course, Tim and his department came through completely unscathed. But Chad was thoroughly discredited throughout the company, and he knew it. Chad quit within six months of that meeting, and last I heard, he was badmouthing everyone involved at his new company, too. Our next Reddit post is from Dr. George B. Last year, I lived with my then-girlfriend. This turned out to be a huge mistake. Soon after moving in, it became clear that she expected me to cover her rent from time to time. Since she was between jobs at the time, I let this slide expecting to be paid back in due course. It was a similar story with household bills. While she did pay her share to begin with, she eventually refused to contribute. I asked her if she could just open an overdraft with her bank until she got more work, which would have been free of charge, but she refused. Within the first few months of living together, she got quite behind on rent and bills. When she finally got a job, she began to repay her debts, but she was always reluctant to pay. I thought she might be reluctant because she didn't have a lot of money, which would make sense. But things continued this way even after she got a better job. When she refused to pay rent one month, I explained that this wasn't fair and I insisted that she pay up. After a considerable outburst, she paid, but not without making it clear that this was not what she wanted to do. During this argument, I was working in a different town over and a few days later she let me know that she had moved out and broken up with me. I was upset with the breakup, and further upset that she insisted that she didn't owe me money for rent or bills, which left me in a dire financial position. To cut a long story short, she realized her mistake and came back a few weeks later, but with a renewed conviction that she didn't owe me anything because her returning was payment enough. The next few months consisted of her threatening to leave at multiple points for not supporting her enough, despite me buying most of our food, letting her pay late, and bringing her lunch every day. She even repeatedly threatened to kill me one night after coming home drunk. I thought this was especially rude, considering that I'd stayed up late to make sure she got home safe. Other notable events were her and her mother having a deep conversation on how to leave me high and dry on rent. Her mom is a classy lady. And her getting verbally abusive that I wouldn't drop her name from the tenancy agreement. Needless to say, the relationship wasn't meant to be and it didn't last into the new year. She was the one who ended it. She eventually moved home, but she agreed to meet her obligations and pay her remaining half of the rent. Sometime after this had boiled over, I met a fantastic girl and we eventually got together. Happy days, I thought. Not quite. My ex-girlfriend discovered I'd met someone else and absolutely lost her mind. Calling me every name under the sun, calling me out for betrayal, etc. She didn't consider that breaking up with someone might make them not want to be with you anymore. Incensed, my ex-girlfriend stopped paying me. At that time, I hadn't been keeping track and I thought she owed me about 300 pounds. After she calmed down, she agreed to pay. A few days passed with no payment from her, and then I got a message from her mother claiming that everything was paid off and that I should stop asking her daughter for money. She went on to say that any further requests for money would be treated as harassment. At this point, I was irritated by the entitlement and rudeness of this pair. And so I went back through my bank statements to check exactly how behind on payment she was. It turns out, the amount that she owed me was more than double than I initially thought. So I prepared a formal letter of demand for payment and sent it to my ex-girlfriend's address. Several days later, I got a call from the cops saying that a harassment report was made against me. 
I explained the situation with the cops and confirmed that no harassment was made. I was surprised that my ex-girlfriend would waste police time to try to get out of paying her debt, so I decided to take pro-revenge and get justice. I discovered that, for the entire period of us living together, my ex-girlfriend hadn't been paying council tax. Essentially, she hadn't told the council that she lived there. I took it upon myself to inform the council that there was a second person living at that property avoiding tax. They were very happy to get this information and were even happier when I gave them an up-to-date home address for my tax dodger ex-girlfriend. Meanwhile, I took my ex-girlfriend to court over the unpaid rent and bills using the tenancy agreement we signed and I got the majority of my money back. Too long didn't read. My ex-girlfriend turned a 300-pound liability into a liability of about 2,000 pounds. All because she was too petty and entitled to pay her way in the first place. OP, it really seems like you dodged a bullet with this story because this lady is super toxic. I mean, you stayed up late to make sure she got home okay and her response is to threaten to murder you multiple times? This girl was majorly financially abusive to you and it sounds like she was also pretty emotionally abusive too. My guess is that the main reason why she came crawling back after she broke up with you is because she realized she'd have to pay her own rent. Whatever, now she can go live with her mom I guess. It sounds like those two were made for each other. That was r slash pro revenge and if you like this content check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.